everybody, and welcome to the now 18th episode of the Los Chingones Baseball Club podcast, presented to you by MLB Trash Talkers and Stadium Beer Bros. It's great to have everybody on tonight, and thank you all for tuning in. It is Thursday, August 20th, 2020, at approximately 8.48 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, in just the last week, uh, a lot's happened as far as uh, the baseball community uh, regarding some unwritten rules. We'll get in a little bit of that coming up soon. We just want to go in and recap uh, what's happened in baseball this week. First up, though, let's go ahead and introduce the starting lineup. Let's see who's on. Hey, Zeus, you there? I am here, uh, and I am happy to report from Petco Park. You guys are home. As you can hear the music, um, today I'm drinking out some water because obviously I can't drink at work, but glad to be on, and I'll try to keep it at a minimum on my mute because then you guys can't hear me. It's great to have you on, Jesus. Uh, prior to the podcast recording, we got to hear the foghorn, so that kind of gave away the spoiler for the home run. We're watching the game right now. Uh, that was awesome, though. It's kind of cool to see that as you were uh, there. Uh, but it's great to have you on. Thank you so much. Who's up next? Izzy, there? I am, guys. Happy to see you guys again. What a week of baseball we've had recently, huh? Lots of stuff going on. Love to get into that. And uh, I'm just drinking a Modelo, keeping it light this week as well drinking out of a dugout mug that I received today, which is pretty cool and awesome. So you guys got your uh, Padre ones. I figured I'd get myself a Dodger one as well. Pretty dope. When, when did you order it? Uh, the day of when I saw your thing. Basically that day I ordered it and I got it today in the mail. Oh, wow. So like they... maybe, maybe a week, if that. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. So pre- pretty fast uh, fulfillment time. So shout out to dugout mugs. Uh, we're not being paid to promote that. I actually ordered mine, my SD dugout mug. And uh, came out awesome. They also gave me. I also got a little uh, shot glass with the knob, the, the bat. Yeah, knob. there you go. Oh, right you here. got yours. You got yours too. There you go. Yeah. That's how you measure your shots. Great to have yeah. you on, Izzy. Thank you so much. Who do we got next? Ralphie, you there? Hey guys, happy Thursday. I hope everybody's having a great week. I think um, baseball's been really exciting. Uh, I think we've all gotten a little bit more than we expected out of the game. Uh, I think the shortened season's been working out really well. I can't wait to talk about certain things, especially one thing that I think is on everybody's mind. Can't wait to get into that. Today, I'm drinking a St. Archer IPA, one of my favorite breweries, one of my favorite beers. Very light, goes down smooth. I can't wait to talk about a couple of the things I think uh, a lot of people have on their mind. Thank you so much, Ralphie. It's great to have you on. And I know um, you always have plenty to contribute. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. (laughs) We're always happy to have you on, Ralphie. Thank you so much. And I love St. Archer. All right, who do we got next? Zach, you there? Yes, sir. I'm actually here for the start of the podcast this time as opposed to jumping in late. <laughs> fashionably late the past couple times, but I'm glad I get to enjoy the whole conversation this time. I'm sipping on Stone Brewing's Enter Night Pilsner. It's 5.5%. It's a hoppy pills uh, that Stone did in collaboration with my favorite band, Metallica. You know, I watched a few clips of them on the Howard Stern show playing some... Uh, live music for the for the guys and uh, ladies on that show and hit me in the feels man i was like damn live music live sports when are we gonna get back to that man i would just fucking kill for that right now but i'm enjoying the beer tonight and i'm watching the padres hopefully mount a comeback right now if they get to extra innings they've been pretty successful there so far this year so we'll see what happens i'll keep you guys posted as the night rolls on here thank you so much zach we're all watching tonight's stream. This is a fun team to watch. Hopefully they pull this one out. Thank you so much, Zach. All right. Who do we got next? Jimmy, you there? 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Excited to be here. You know what? I'm actually rooting for the Padres because if they win, I win my parlay for tonight. So I'll hit my six-teamer. Who's on your so six-teamer? That'll be a good thing, guys. So let's go Padres tonight. Excited to talk about the season and about these surprise teams that just keep winning. We don't have any explanation for it. So we'll see where we're going. And tonight I'm being a fool, and I'm drinking Modelo, eh? Modelo time. Modelo time. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for the sake of your parlay. We really do hope the Padres win. If you win, we win. We're all winners here. Six-teamer, you're probably looking at three figures, no problem, right? <laughs> no comment. I'm going to wait till I'm going to wait. I can't glow until they win, bro, so we'll see. <laughs> oh, you can put that money right in the bank, dude. Cash, <laughs> cash that check. <laughs> Lastly, we have, a new, uh, we have a new member of the podcast we want to introduce. Nate, you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Excited to talk about baseball this week. Right now, I'm drinking a Reaction State from uh, Bottle Logic. I'm a barrel-aged beer dude, and I like to get it in my feelings quick. That's why I like to drink those. So excited to uh, talk some baseball. Thank you so much, Nate. And uh, we've gotten to know you over the last couple of weeks. You own a bar in the Inland Empire of California. Is that correct? Tell us a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, I opened a beer farm. It's called Beer Farm. And um, we opened two years ago. We're about to get our second anniversary at the end of the month. So we're doing pretty good for ourselves. Right now, it's weird times. All drinks are outside. It's uh, on the patio. But, you know, we've, we've made a name for ourselves pretty quickly. We're, we're huge into, like, kind of, like, the geek side of craft beer, like finding beers and finding cool stuff and trying our hardest to compete with those other bars that go out there and get dope stuff. So we don't want to be just, like, a regular restaurant like Chili's that you can go grab a beer from. We want to get something you really want to want to have. So that's our mission. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in these difficult times, you know, just like a baseball team, you know, you guys are showing resilience. You know, you guys are you guys are finding ways even through these difficult times, uh, you know, just to adapt and evolve. Absolutely. And, you know, the only way to go from here now is up and just keep growing. Appreciate it. So congrats to you guys and um, Stadium Beer Bros. It'll be Trash Talkers, Los Chingones. We're going to only keep supporting you guys. So it's great to have you on, Nate. All right, you guys, let's go in and get to it. The elephant in the room. Apparently, Fernando Tatis is breaking the unwritten rules of baseball. Apparently, it's the unwritten rule that when you're up, I don't know, whatever, six, seven runs, and to swing on a 3-0 count with the bases loaded, to hit a grand slam, uh, that's apparently an unwritten rule of baseball. How dare him run up the score, give his full hustle, even when the game seemed out of reach, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know about, I mean, there's unwritten rules, but I mean, who wrote these rules, first of all? And it's... Times are changing and it just doesn't seem like I've seen a billion comebacks and I don't know when you need to stop playing your heart out. And I don't think the pitcher on the other side is going to appreciate you trying, you trying to get out. Yeah, I agree with Nate on that one big time. And I think uh, you hit the nail right on the head is like, you know, who wrote these rules? Because uh, the first time I heard about it, first of all, I was really upset waking up to seeing all these like, you know, negative things said about tattoos. I think everyone here is a big fan of that kid. And we all absolutely love watching him play the game. I want to know how fucking old these rules are, okay? Because, you know, I think the game has changed significantly. I think the style of play has changed significantly. I think uh, we have young talent, man, that it just comes up here and just mashes or, you know, they do a lot of really great things. And no one should ever apologize for being great. And, you know, the one thing I think, too, is that there might be a lot of ties in the end of the season. And a lot of, a lot of it's been talked about that run differential would be you know, maybe the thing that would decide tiebreakers, right? 
So if you can go up there and put 20 runs, do it. And no one should ever have to apologize about it. You know, what made me sad was waking up to Fernando Tatis apologizing. You know, like that right there just, it broke my heart, man. I'm not going to, you know, I, that kid is so talented. And I absolutely love watching him play the game to the point where it's like, you know, you're basically telling him to hold back or, you know, like, don't be yourself. And that's to me, like the, the saddest thing. And the fact that he had to, and look, kudos to him. He's a team guy. I wouldn't have done it. I would have been like, I'm not apologizing for anything. But the fact that he goes up there, it shows a lot of maturity as well, man. It really speaks so much about this kid's attitude, his passion. And I remember as he was coming off the field, you know, he was so happy just to be greeted by Preller, you know, his GM and his coach Tingler. And they were just giving him the stink eye. And I think at that point from the replay, I don't think he had realized he had done anything wrong, right? Because he didn't. He, he did nothing wrong. And I feel that the MLB only does that for a certain type of player. I'm not really going to get into that. But, you know, I just really think, like, if Bryce Harper had done the same thing, nothing would have been questioned. Bryce Harper hits a grand slam, up seven runs in the eighth inning. All it is is an ESPN highlight reel. And all they would do is talk about how great he is and what a phenom he is. Fernando Tatis is the same thing. I really feel like the baseball media or, you know, whatever you want to call it, really did him wrong. All he's doing is being himself and being great. So, Well, I, th- I, think, the per- yeah. I think the person that mattered most let him down, his own manager. Yeah. Uh, you know, had, yeah, the definitely. To, had the nerve to go on live TV in the postgame presser and throw his own player under the bus and say right. – yeah, no, um, maybe he shouldn't have, maybe he should have taken the pitch, you know, rather than say, hey, no, this is baseball. We play till the final out. I'm not sure if you guys heard this, and I, I heard this on the radio that apparently he didn't get the green light and swung anyway, right? And some people, uh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to name those ball players that I saw. I'm going to be honest, they were little older ball players saying that you have to listen to your manager. Oh, that that's the thing he did wrong. And, you know, and at that point, I feel like they're trying to justify what he did as being a bad thing. But guys, you see that ball coming at you like a meatball. I think that speaks more about Tatis as well. When he sees a ball, he knows he can hit. It's just natural. It's like a reflex. You know, he couldn't help it. And he took a big hack on it. And he drilled the shit out of that ball. Once again, says a lot about him. But I really hated how that was kind of like they're out. Apparently, Tingler told him not to swing, no green light. He went out there, took a daddy hack. He got every piece of that baseball. That is not his fault. And the fact that, you know, he had to come back. Once again, I go back to his look after seeing all these replays. He was so surprised, right? He was like, what? What did I do wrong? Like, he did, the kid did not realize he did anything wrong. And that's why he really hated the reaction that the coach and his GM gave him as he was walking back. You know, a talent like that, you're supposed to support. You're supposed to, you know, just bring up. You're supposed to pump that guy up. And the one thing I I will say that I really love about Tatis from, like, that day till now, he has not let the foot off the gas, right? He has not shown any kind of, like, that he's bitter. He hasn't shown, like, you know what, uh, maybe I should hold back. He has done just as good. He's doing everything that we think he's going to do. So, you know, good for him. Once again, I, I don't think he's done anything wrong and screw the people that think he did and screw the people that made him feel bad for it. Right. I mean, it's a short season. Why not try for – you're already a third of the way through and he's like leading the pack for MVP. And why not continue to add those on in a weird season that we're already in? Shit. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's blaming him besides 
those who are saying it was wrong, but I love it personally. Like, I mean, everyone talks about the other side where, where there's a trout, but they also talk about how boring trout is. <laughs> like he's not exciting. He's great. I'd love to have him on our team, but he don't, he doesn't have that, that it, that, that exciting feeling. Yeah. Players, they play to play the game. They play to play the game they love. And if they show excitement, I mean, kudos to them. I, I love what Jesus just said because I really do feel that is completely the case that, you know, when Latino players, Dominican players, Mexican players, Venezuelan, all of them, they play baseball different. And when I say that, I mean they play it with a lot of passion. And sometimes that passion is misconstrued as cockiness. And that's what I really, really don't like. Me as a Dodger fan, I saw that a lot with Yasel Puig. I felt like that kid could do nothing right in the eyes of like these baseball veterans. And, you know, I think the same people that criticize Tatis are the same people that criticize Puig every single time he went up there. Like when I say he couldn't do anything right, it's like, you know, when he overthrew the cutoff man, what's he trying to do? He's trying to get an out, but they're saying he's not playing it the right way. And then he goes off and hits like a two run or three run shot to put the, the team up. Then he does a bat flip. Oh, he's cocky. Right. It's just, I'll never forget, I'm bringing Bryce Harper up again just because remember when he left the Nationals, goes to Philly, they were booing the shit out of him, finally hits a home run. He did one of the most disrespectful bat flips I've ever seen. And I like bat flips. I'm not, that dude just threw the bat right up in the air, trotted all the way home, and no one said anything bad about the guy. It was just like, oh, look at his comeback. Oh, like if it was expected. So I like how Jesus touched on that, that, you know, when Latinos and yeah, like the like Latino players, their passion is misconstrued as cockiness. And I, I, I absolutely hate that. As of right now, after seeing what we talked about, about Preller and, and Tingler, how do you guys feel towards your coach, man? Like how, what's the feeling? Maybe, I don't know. I know you guys can't speak for all Padre fans, but I know you guys are dedicated Padre fans. What, what's the mood? What, what do you feel towards like Tingler and Preller right now? My theory is if this was against any other team, I don't think there would be this much controversy surrounding it. This is one of those instances where I legitimately believe that these two, this manager and this general manager, the perception that they gave off to as, a, as just, just to a regular fan is they value maintaining their business relationships with their previous colleagues over the face of their franchise and potentially, potentially the face of baseball if he continues to keep up his performance. So to me, that was downright offensive as a fan. I think there's so many layers to this conversation, which is why it's such a huge topic this week. From the perspective of a Padres fan, I feel like the manager, Jace Tingler, and the um, general manager, uh, A.J. Preller, might have let him down. They made him do that pressure the other night, and he kind of looked like a whipped dog. You know what I mean? Like, he just looked like he was, like, defeated and just was like, what did I – you know, kind of like the kid did something wrong, but he really was just having fun, and it was all – and, you know, here's my issue. I played baseball for my entire, uh, you know, adolescent life, and then I've, you know, enjoyed being a fan as an adult. I play in adult league softball. And, you know, I wish I could still compete and play baseball, but uh, my passion's not quite there. And I just don't know that I could hack it anymore, you know. But swinging at a 3-0 cookie down the middle is not unsportsmanlike or trying to run up the score. Trying to turn the single into a double. Trying to turn the double into a triple. Trying to steal the base when you're winning by that margin. Those are the things that are frowned upon. 
not swinging at a fucking great pitch, which, by the way, if that pitcher had just located that pitch a little bit better, seven out of ten times, that's an out. So that's what he's trying to do. You see, here's the problem, though, is that regardless of what he does, whether he gives his full hustle or he half-ass runs out of ground out, these guys are not going to win. Regardless of what they do, they're going to always be under that microscope. If you were to ground out and you know just half-ass it in a blowout, half-ass swing on that 3-0 count, the narrative would have been by these old get-off-my-lawn type baseball fans it would have been the same attitude that was given towards Manny Machado. He had his moment of controversy regarding his lack of hustle. So at the end of the day, he's not going to win. So I say, you know what? Screw it. Screw the haters. Go out there, defy the rules, go against the odds, and screw these unwritten rules. That's all I got to say. The reason I'm not like sitting here trying to defend Chris Woodward and Jace Tingler, I understand what they're trying to say. But I have a prime example of this, and I was doing a little research in between when I introduced myself and now, right? There was a game last season where the Padres were playing the Rockies in Colorado, and they were down 4-11 to in the seventh inning, and they came back and won that game 16-12 to in the 12th inning. When is it okay to take your foot off the gas? Never. Because apparently – It's never okay. A seven-run lead – now – don't get me wrong, like that one graphic everyone's tossing around with the Texas Rangers, Baltimore Orioles. If you're winning 23 to 3, you probably don't need to fucking, you know what I mean? Like that's the one instance where, but that doesn't happen that frequently. No. Very, very good point because, like, you know, you're up 10 in Colorado. You don't let the foot off the gas in Colorado. And that's right, kind of, that's expected, right? Like, I've seen, me as a Dodger fan, I've seen also exactly what Zach said, like, you know, the Rockies are crushing the Dodgers by, like, you know, five or eight runs. I think we know what that means. And San Diego just walked off. There it is. Oh! Good job, Shout out to Jesus bringing us the live audio. Right up the middle. And he boots it. And Jimmy, and Jimmy wins his parlay. And I love to see it. Not just yet. I'm still waiting on, on the let's Dallas see, Stars. Let's see the stream. Dallas. Dude, wait. I, I have no idea on this graphic at all. This is just unfiltered right now. I'm pretty sure the Padres have only lost like one game in extra innings. Like they've been yeah. really good in extra they innings. They performed Absolutely. well. Yeah. Um, damn. That's awesome, man. I really feel like if this game was played in Colorado, nobody would have, you know, batted an eye, you know. So I, it also goes, it, you know, it makes me really think about why, you know. But once again, I, I really think that at its core, and I hate to say this, it's just that, yeah, man, you know, I think sometimes that, you know, baseball players, uh, his passion is just rid off his cockiness to certain type of baseball fans or baseball people that have been in the game for a really long time. You don't stop scoring runs, no matter what, man. You know, no matter what happens, you be out there, you give it your all, you put as many runs up on the board. And that's, you know, one of the beauty of baseball. I think we all know that, right? Like, you're never out till the ninth inning, right? Like, I, I know there have been times where me as a, as a fan of my favorite team, you know, you're losing, you know, by five, six, seven runs, but you keep watching the game. You, you still watch it because that's the, the great thing, you know, till the ninth inning, you don't know what's going to happen. Those rallies are great. Uh, late inning rallies are great. So I think there's a lot of layers, like how, how Zach said to this, like, you know, it's because of who did it, where it happened. And look, I know you guys talked about Chris Woodward. Look, I, I'm not surprised about how he felt. No one likes getting their ass kicked, right? Nobody likes that. And I understand that. 
I don't know if he said it because of frustration. I don't know if he said it because, you know, he, he maybe doesn't like Tatis or I, I really don't know. The only, the only thing I, I really wish Woodward would have handled this a whole different way and maybe just kept his freaking mouth shut and not, you know, go out there and like complain about what Tatis did. I think he's the one who, who got the ball rolling, who was like, oh, well, and then everybody kind of followed suit, whether it be, you know, Preller or Tingler, because they have certain ties to the Rangers as well. I think Chris Woodward really fucked up in that aspect as well, because I, th- I really feel like he could have kept his mouth shut. And you know, good for the Padres. You know, they, they've been beating the shit out of him since. And, I, and you know, man, karma exists, right? I, I think they made this kid feel really bad. And now the Rangers are just getting their teeth kicked in by the Padres. So, you know, well, we, ju- we just saw, we just saw, you know, evidently a few, mi- a few moments ago, you know, finishing off the four game sweep of the walk off. I think, you know, they, they say, they say ball don't lie. And right. so we saw, we saw what just happened. And yeah. kudos to the Padres. Fuck uh, four grand slams in a row, right? Like first team to ever four do games. that. Yeah, like, four games in a row. Like Slam said, Diego. Man, karma is a bitch. And we just saw it. You know, on you know the first game they complain about it. Then okay, let me give you three more, <laughs> right? Like let me give you three more grand slams and eat that, right? Right. Yeah, I, I just want to say, man, the people the people that complain about these unwritten rules are the same people that want participation awards, man. I just hope that this doesn't affect Tatis resigning with the Padres or signing a long-term deal as long as there's that general manager and that manager's there. Because if I was the owner of the team, Tatis is my baby. I'm going to protect him as much as I can. I'm going to take that GM and that manager and make them apologize to Tatis for putting them in that position in the first place. Amen. You get what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. That was perfect, Jimmy. I don't know any other sport that you don't keep scoring. Right. You, you murder them. In football, they might run the clock out, but they're not trying to give the ball back. There's no other sport that's going to say, let's stop scoring right now just in case we look bad. I, I love what Jimmy said because I felt the same way, guys. Tatis is a free agent in four years, man. 2025, he's a free agent. I felt this kind of hurt that relationship. Unless you get rid of Tingler. Unless you get rid of Preller. Because... I can't imagine that the relationship is the same before that day, right? There's no way. There's no way he looks at Tingler the same way. There's no way he looks at Preller the same way. I think we've all kind of talked about how Tatis, his dad made a lot of money, so he's not going to settle for whatever the Padres might want to offer him at some point. I feel like if he wanted, uh, well, not Manny's deal, because he's supposed to get more than Manny. If he was worth 350. After that, he's like, no, yeah, I want 400, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or get rid of Tingler, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that really affected the relationship there. I agree. I disagree. I think that they probably, after the game, took him aside and were just like, hey, dude, you're a guy, but here's the deal. I mean, I think the main thing, again, I'm not trying to defend Tingler, but your manager is – Especially, he's a brand new manager, right? He's managed the 20-some-odd games the Padres have played. The last thing he wants is when he puts down a sign for you to do something, you don't do it. Because maybe next time it's you don't want to drop the bunt down. Or you don't want to try to do the hit and run. Or you don't fucking try to put the ball in there. Tatis is probably the last player to do that. I don't um, know if that's a real story. I feel like it's fake. What? Them saying that he didn't get the green light. All of a sudden that came up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I, why would why would they say it? I, I, I heard it, it on um MLB tonight. That's where He's I heard it. Best hitter on the team. Why wouldn't he get the green light? I why I wouldn't he? I don't I don't have an answer for you. It just 
The guy might have been – well, obviously he was fucking – the pitcher was erratic as fuck because he didn't throw him a strike before then. So maybe they were just – I don't know. Talk about unwritten rules. Unwritten rules, sometimes, like, there's this relationship you have with your manager, and it's like, hey, dude, I'm giving you the take, but if it's right there, you fucking swing. Like, sometimes you have that relationship, too. It's just – things are supposed to be black and white, and in this particular situation, there's just so much gray – how is he supposed to discern when it's time to go, when it's time to not? And one of my biggest issues I had with this whole situation is that I don't want him to second guess or double think the next time something comes up where we want him to swing. You know what I mean? And it doesn't look like it really has phased him. He's been playing just fine since this. So I don't think like this is going to impact him or anything like that. I don't know. I get a little frustrated as a Padres fan because I think like, if this wasn't – if the Yankees – someone, if Aaron Judge did this, I don't think anyone would be, like, sitting no. there questioning it. It's because San Diego Padres are considered, like, a second-rate franchise. And so everyone's going to sit there and kind of call them out for silly kind of stupid shit. But the truth is, like, the, we own all the stupid moments in this sport for the most part. It's usually the Padres are the butt of every joke. And my – you know, another issue, like, I really take with this whole thing is, like, I'm tired of – having to say sorry when we're killing it and be in the fucking butt of every goddamn joke. It's unfortunate that the one time that we're on the right side of history, our players are having to apologize. What in the world? They just got off a five-game losing streak. Like, they should be trying to fucking score as many goddamn runs as they can because they need to get that mojo going again. And look what happened. I, You know, maybe this thing fucking might have worked out because they figured some things out and – Again, sorry, Val, salute to you, but the Texas Rangers are fucking booty because they just got swept by us. And they had chances to put away a couple of these games and they weren't able to do it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the second rate franchise mentality. Take that next step. Be like, we're not apologizing for a fucking thing because. Dude, it's a short season. Can we just have fun and say, thank God we're even have a season and sit crying about little shit? And where? And where is Chris Woodward supposed to be the keeper of the fucking rules? Guy hit 33 home runs in his major league career. You're not the guy. You're, you're just not. If Reggie Jackson wants to come out and say this, that, and the other, we kind of like sit there and go, okay, that's a fucking Hall of Famer. He's actually allowed to have an opinion. Not fucking – I don't want to talk shit about Chris Woodward too because he was on with one of the flagship station for the Padres two days ago. He was on in the morning with the morning guys, and I was listening to that conversation. And he didn't back down from his comments. He was just like, it is what it is. I think he might, you know, regret saying it, but he's also like, I'm going to own it and just fucking deal with it. And um, he seems like a good dude, you know, like they've had him on before and they said like the conversations that they've had with him are really great, super candid. He's not like, you know, giving you the bullshit, you know, like we'll go get him tomorrow, you know, all those like one-liners that baseball managers have. He's not that guy. And so like, I appreciate that. But he shouldn't be the holder of all the keys and sitting here telling me this unwritten rule needs to be enforced at this time. It's just not his job. It's not him. If anyone else wants to do it, cool. Shouldn't be him. I agree with all of you guys with every single point, 100%. As an outsider, being a Padres, not a Padres fan, being a Dodger fan, as an outsider from your team's fan base, I hate the fact that Tatis had to apologize. I hate the fact that his management team basically just gave him the stink guy for him being out there being a ball player. 
if they didn't want him to go out there and do some daddy hacks and a meatball down the pipe, the best thing you should have done is substitute the guy because you want to, quote unquote, not get him hurt for some silly reason, making a play, hitting a fall ball off his leg, breaking the leg. Who knows? Things happen in baseball. Should have done that. You don't want him up there, sit him down. Basically, at that point in the, in the game, was out of reach per se, but the game is never out of reach. So you shouldn't stop scoring runs. You shouldn't stop hustling for making plays offensive or defensively. You know, you got to go 100% no matter what. If you're getting a meatball down the pipe, you're going to eat that thing. You're not going to let it go down the drain and say, oops, oh, well, maybe the next one. Imagine him being uh, a, uh, having a chance at being like a 500 home run guy. But because of the shortened season and because he's not allowed to swing three and zero, he falls short on statistics like that or some. I mean, I don't. I mean, that's who knows what. You know, what? it actually could be a factor, obviously, in the future because we don't know what's going to the impact of that potential this potential season is going to have on everybody in general. Right. Because you know, it it is a weird season. It's a short season, so not everybody's getting their three hundred at bats or whatever the case might have been, and where those stats are basically out the window. You have nothing to uh, replenish those. I just hate the fact that Tatis has to go out there and do what he had. He was basically forced to do. Not that he was told. He was basically forced to do what he did. And I apologize. He should be out there playing and swinging no matter what. That goes for any ball play, for that matter. Everybody should be out there. If you don't want him to go take some daddy hacks down the pipe, replace him, step defense, whatever you want to call it, just let him sit down and get your replacement up and let him do whatever they got to do. Otherwise, swing away for the fences. And hopefully it's a grand slam against the Rangers. Yeah, worst case scenario, you, you strike out or you pop up on that. You know, you pop up and then you, you try it again two more times and you strike out. Yeah, it could have been a double play ground out. Who knows? But it happened to be a grand slam. Boo-hoo. Rangers are crying. That just did what he did, you know, and we support him. He's a great ball player. We want to see his career just take off. And I hope he always swings on 3-0. Always. That's all I got to say about that. I want to get a shout out to uh, Trevor Bauer. Unfortunately, the MLB did not let him wear his cleats, which, you know, he he had written free Joe Kelly on them. I find it a little ridiculous. Since they said that, you know, any ball player could wear any cleats as long as it didn't have some type of writing on it. And these cleats. Okay, well, as long as it's not offensive or political. Correct. And these cleats had none of that, and they still told him they were either going to suspend him, find him, and remove him from the game. So well, that's ridiculous. That's, and you're absolutely right there, Jimmy. Now, the problem with Trevor Bauer is he is for the fans, and unfortunately, baseball does not like that. Unfortunately, the reason baseball is having a hard time growing and gaining new fans is because there are still a lot of people with this backwards thinking, you know, respect the game, you know, and, and as you know, I'm going to quote Zach, get off my lawn type of fan. And that's for every step forward that baseball takes, we take two steps backwards. That is why the game is struggling to grow. And Trevor Bauer is for the fans. He's for the people. And we, we truthfully don't deserve him as all as fans, regardless of whatever team he's playing for. The guy could play for the Giants. The guy can play for the Yankees. I don't care. He's always going to stand up for the fans. He's always going to stand up for the game itself. Unfortunately, baseball does not like that. Of course, the guy that's always been like kind of unorthodox. He always had this unorthodox way of warming up before starts and prepping for games. And then now he is the um, owner of Outlandish Isle. Like he just, he's always the guy doing something a little bit different. He's like all about the one-year deals. That's how you maximize your uh you know, earning power as a professional athlete. 
And guess what? He's probably your NL Cy Young winner this year. He's also been pitching fucking great. So that's a massive, massive thing too. I enjoy him. I think that he is proactive and talking about stuff like he feels like he should talk about. And athletes have that for him. Like they have, you know, millions of people that listen to what they have to say. So those are the people that you want saying the right things. Um, and unfortunately in this day and time, that's, you know, not super common. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, like the leader of our nation might say too much stuff sometimes, maybe unfollow on Twitter on that one. The cleats didn't bug me at all. I don't understand what the big fucking deal is. <laughs> right. He, he said free Joe Kelly. Like it's just a statement, but what it is, is it's contesting the, uh, the guy who's running major league baseball. You're absolutely it's, right. That That's the problem. I didn't see that point, man. You're absolutely it's right. A, it's a, if you're not with us, you're against us type of, type of mentality. Right. I'm against them. <laughs> we right. can tell by your t-shirt. Right. We know, Izzy. We know. <laughs> and, and, and without without getting into politics, it's like uh, if you don't like what the commissioner has to say, you hate baseball. That's their way of thinking. Kind of like a, if you don't agree with the president, you hate America. I won't, I won't get into that. But it's sort of the same mentality. I'm, I'm going to quote a uh, Five Finger Death Punch song. That is a dying breed. Like, you can't have that mentality anymore because you're going to fall. You're falling by the wayside. And that is right. I mean, we've had this conversation before. You know, it's kind of been brought up even this evening in small excerpts, you know. That's why the fandom of this game is changing. We want the influx of young people, but the old people are just the people that have cherished this game, the people that taught us to love for this game. The reason I love this game in big part is because of my grandfather. He's 88 years old. He was a season ticket holder when the Potters were playing at Qualcomm. We, you know, still go, still went to games even as recently as last season together. Part of the reason I love this game and that I'm a fan of this game is because of that older generation. I learned from them. They need to be the ones that, yeah, they got to start to embrace this younger generation. Otherwise... I mean, I think it's moving in that direction either way, because guess what? That generation is going to die off, and then what's left? The more open-minded, the younger kids. people. Yeah, the people that are growing up in this generation watching some of these players. I don't even want to call it the get-off-my-lawn guy. It's just this really archaic and very um, outdated point of view in general that needs to adapt. Let's keep protecting the Astros somehow. Tatis apologizes before the Astros have to apologize for shit, like a real apology. Continually protecting them when, when, you know, when the A's had their thing, it was like, you know, a little bit of some suspensions thrown out there, but Joe Kelly, all that. It's just like, you don't even think about throwing at them at this point. And who's going to say if it was intentional or not, but if you do it towards the Astros, you're done. I think it's, again, the commissioner kind of imposing his will and really being unable to admit that he might have fucked up pretty big. He made a deal with the devil. He got the information he wanted, and they, he sold that information for them to not be suspended. And he can't go back on that now. So he's going to have to live with whatever criticism. The honest truth is, if he continues to make these owners money, he's probably going to sit in that seat for a while. So, so how much say does the Players Association have on that? I don't, I don't know that they do. I don't know that they do. Roger Goodell keeps getting questioned as the NFL <laughs> commissioner and they can't get rid of that guy. Like 
he becomes less and less popular each year. Every year. For some reason, like, they can't figure that one out. And then the commissioner for the NBA, what's his name? It's Adam Silver. Adam Silver. His popularity keeps growing and growing. And look at what happen- what's happening in that sport. It's just so much more popular than it was 10 years ago. It really speaks to a younger audience a lot more. For whatever reason, I'm still um, stuck in my ways watching baseball. And I, I like it the way it is. But I have, you know, been drawn to basketball a little bit more as an adult, especially watching playoff basketball. I think there's that's just as exhilarating to watch as watching, you know, pitcher and batter go to battle and uh, sit there and uh, try to evaluate how this is all going to work out. When you watch several years ago, you're watching the Thunder play the Warriors and you're watching just threes get dropped all over the goddamn place you're like you know that was exhilarating to watch for me and that was like some of my first you know not exposure to basketball i've watched basketball before but i really enjoyed it i was like holy shit this is like so intense to watch you know steph curry kd russell westbrook the whole nine it was just like everyone was just draining these shots that looked so ridiculous and they were making it look so easy um you know but They've done a really good job. You know, the NBA has done a really good job of marketing themselves and targeting the younger audience, which guess what? Once they graduate high school, get their first job, they only make $500 in a month and they're going to spend a quarter of their income on buying a new jersey. Baseball fans, it's the old generation that is like, I used to pay 25 cents for a hot dog at a game. Dude, that time is coming gone. Like, move on. Like, it's just... Beers are fifty dollars. Well, it's well, not you, there anymore. Like it's just not that way. Well, yeah. Do you remember the scene in uh, Rookie of the Year when the owner of the Cubs he goes down, he sits with the kids, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he ordered he orders four hot dogs, right? And the the vendor goes, "What are you kidding, Mac? You're you're eleven bucks short. They're three bucks <laughs> a piece." And he goes, three dollars for a hot dog? And this was nineteen ninety three. Remember the scene where Henry's in the freaking laundry room. And he's like going, hen, hen, re, re, that bullshit. And then he throws the, he's off full count. And then he throws the detergent in the. In yeah. The, and he goes, strike one. But it's a fucking full count, Henry. <laughs> I swear to God, look at that, I swear to God. It's they fucked up big time. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You just said it was a full count. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> I still watch it. It's like yeah. a, it's a guilty pleasure movie for sure. I'm not guilty about it. That's like my childhood right there, it's baby. Terrible. It's not I, as bad as Angels in the Outfield, but I haven't seen. That's the funny part. I haven't seen that one in a while. But I, that's one of my that's one of my all time favorite baseball movies. I don't even remember Matthew McConaughey in that movie. Like he's I've a seen that movie so many times as a kid. And I have okay, so, so so you know how Ryan Gosling gets a lot of shit for his character being a defensive liability as a corner. Remember the Titans? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is a defensive liability in, I think, what, what, he played center or right field in Angels in the outfield. He's in the outfield for sure. Is he right, yeah. though? Like, does he drop bombs, or is that not how it works? No, he's an absolute terrible outfielder. So I think the first time on camera, he's chasing after a ball, collides with his teammate in the outfield. So bad. It's one of those movies that, 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 that like, gave the perception that baseball players were out of shape and – Anyone could be a baseball player. It sucked. It was, I mean, it was a fantasy movie, but the movie's terrible. One of my all-time favorite movies. And I, and I say that on the record. I like that movie better than The Sandlot. <laughs> it's 
yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, no way, bro. That's like when you like Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone 3. Like, it's so bad. It's, it, it, that should have been straight to DVD. Angels in the Outfield was so bad. I'm actually a fan of uh, The Rookie. The Dennis, Rookie with Dennis, 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 Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. That's yeah. a great movie, man. Well, that's a, that's an awesome movie. Uh, Absolutely. Story. True story, yeah. Yeah, like, true story. A lot, of people, a lot of people give that movie flack for being so corny and whatever. And like, I don't no, know that movie it's is. good. Like, I could be wrong, but didn't Royce Clayton play himself in that movie? I, I always thought that, too. I don't know. Because he had kind of a I'm, quick... I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain. When you check out, I thought so, too. I'm not sure, but I actually tried to look it up one time. I think the Naked Gun Part One's a better baseball movie than <laughs> Angels in the Outfield, dude. Straight up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I did not love that movie. Or, or yeah, Greece. yeah. I think Greece was. He had a baseball scene. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot sit through Greece through, through the entire thing. I've, I've still better. Times growing up. Still, I mean, either, but still better. <laughs> bro, the Warriors had that baseball team in there, bro. That was a better movie. <laughs> Actually, Warriors was a really great movie. Yeah. So I can't even dog it. That's hilarious. <laughs> try to refocus us here i'm sitting here going the oakland athletics are on it right now dude and where is this coming from are you surprised are you surprised i i am i'm surprised that they are doing as well as they're doing not not that they're maybe i shouldn't be surprised because they won 96 games the past two years but right yeah the mats the mats i think i think they're right now and i think their biological clock tells them that right now it's money ball time (laughs) you know i you know i'm 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 a Dodger fan. My second favorite team is the Oakland A's, so I never really count them out. But they've always yeah. been that scrappy team. You know, they've For always sure. been that team that – and, you know, this year I thought they would do great. And I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm right, you know. But, no, I'm not surprised is what I'm saying. I think the Astros are wearing it a lot. I think we touched on the Angels last week. And, you know, if you want to get back into that, just the, the Angels are a really bad team. They're, they're really not good. The Mariners aren't that great either. I think right now the A's aren't necessarily getting fat off of the off of playing the West, but um, you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. It's not a really dominant, not a lot. And then think of it this way: like you know, they they played the D-backs, and the D-backs were streaking, and they beat the A's. You know, so they are susceptible to like when they play a really good team or a team that's actually not that bad, uh, they could get hurt. I felt like they underestimated the D-backs coming into that series, and that's why the D-backs beat them. You know what I mean? But um, I'm not surprised when I see the Oakland A's do good. You know, Matt Olson, Chapman. Uh, I think Ramon Laureano is a great player. They have good pitching. They have a solid bullpen. I think they have one of the better coaches in baseball as well. And uh, no, I'm not at all surprised. What shocks me really about this year is like, I think we brought it up the last podcast as well as the Cubs are still doing very well. Other than that, I think everybody's at where they should be. To me, the surprise, the most surprising thing is like the Dodgers bullpen, it's the best bullpen in the league, right? Like they weren't even in the top 10 in the conversation before the season even started. And they're number one. They're number one in all of baseball for bullpen. They also have the best record in baseball, which makes me really happy. But, you know, like I, I think a lot of teams expect, a lot of people expected them to do very well. So when I look at the A's, uh, to me, it's not like a shocking scenario. It's more like, I, I think that's kind of where it is. But they... Uh, is it? Am I wrong by saying they're getting fat playing in the West? Like, you know, is that that something wrong to say? No. It's, well, if, is it wrong if it's true? No. Right. <laughs> well, well one, thing, one, one thing I do want to counter to that is I'd say the hottest team in baseball right now has got to be the Tampa Bay Rays. And all injuries aside, they just finished up with three-game sweep of the Yankees. And they're, say, they're half a game ahead of the standings against the Yankees for the AL East. 
Yeah. They are. They're seventeen and nine. I think the Yankees are seventeen and eight. They're, they they're they they are half a game ahead of the Yankees. Always called the Rays like the A's of the East. <laughs> yeah. Know? I just called I, them I the Padres of the East. Yeah, they're very comparable teams. I, I, I honestly there's a lot of talent, a lot of really good players. Like my point is when I see the Rays do well, it doesn't necessarily like shock me. I think it I think it's only shocking just because of their payroll. They play in Tampa and obviously they play in the AL East, one of the competitive or monstrous uh, you know, uh, divisions in baseball, but clearly the Red Sox aren't showing that. The Orioles have been a very scrappy team, so they they're they're surprising still in there. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think they're the most surprising team of of uh, the season so far. They the already Orioles. tripled my prediction for wins i think i said they'd win four this year <laughs> right yeah me too me too dude yeah absolutely i'm completely impressed by the orioles so go okay so drop, so guys. the uh term for a player batting under 200 is the mendoza line we all know that right so is there a term for a player batting under the 100 line minor leagues huh, i don't know okay he they're they're batting under the 100 line anyways it was mike zunino of uh, all freaking players batting under 100 that single-handedly beat the Yankees in the last two games. He hits dongs, though, and sometimes that works. <laughs> James, James Paxson was, like, cruising today, and then it's funny because he has been kind of struggling this year from, you know, just overall, that's what I've noticed. And today he was cruising through three or four innings. He had, like, four or five strikeouts, no runs, not a lot of traffic on the bases, and then next thing you know, I'm – looking at the final score and they lost that game today. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, I thought he was going to just go out there and dominate. He got pulled. Uh, I think he's dealing with stuff. So I was going to circle back real quick. Um, The A's, right? The reason I'm surprised, I can name a few of their pitchers, but can the general population? I know like four guys by for like Sean, names. Sean Mania, Frankie Montas. Uh, that's okay. all I, that's all I can name. Oh, and Liam Lizardo. Hendricks, Chris Bassett, Mike Fires. That's all I got. Literally, yeah. that's it. Like that's where I'm like, and Mike Fires. Who you know? So hey, I've like, always felt like the A's also have that, like you know, they underestimate them. For I, sure, I, I do. Because Which is of what obviously what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I think and we, and we can't. This team is 18 and eight. For sure. No, dude, they're they're great. I mean, they're, now the only thing I did just kind of cross reference here, so I went and looked at who they played so far. This has been their schedule. Three against the Mariners, three against the Rangers, three against the Astros, three against the Angels, three against the Giants, four against the Diamondbacks. They've played a lot of teams uh, with losing records so far. They're about to play the Dodgers. They're we'll about see to play what the happens. Dodgers. That, that's like yeah, two they got, now. If you look at the records. So what you're so what you're implying is this will be their 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 test to see like it, it and these guys be. hang with the big boys. I would say the same thing about the Dodgers. The next seven games are against the Angels and the Rangers. So, like, they might continue to pad this lead. And then it's like if you go 500 the rest of the way, you're in. You're done. You're good. That's it. We're almost halfway in, right, to baseball? Like, halfway? Yeah. We're, they, appro- they we're approaching 26 the- games. After wow. this weekend, we will be at the halfway point. Wow, man. That's – that's it's know. it's time to start thinking about playoffs boys i wanted to touch on this i think we talked about i i mentioned this uh, i think maybe last podcast i really can't remember but look the indians sent down mike clevenger and zach please for obviously that. very personal reasons they did something wrong the team wasn't happy with it it just came out i don't know if you guys read this but francisco lindor said i will opt out of the season if these guys are on my team. 
What? So they sent they yeah you can yeah. you can read it on MLB trade rumors. That's where I read it. He was one of the guys who said I'm out. Like if you bring these guys back, so clearly they're gone. That relationship is done. That's how I look at it. And uh, one of their starting pitchers, once again, we said this a couple podcasts ago, that he came out very vocal about how they felt they were lied to by Clevenger and Act, how they're not happy. I feel like those guys are on the way out. I would absolutely love to get Clevenger as a Dodger fan. I think they're on the move. I, I don't know what team is going to get him. And uh, we talked about this as well, that we're going to see some – I think we might see some really crazy trades that never would have happened in a regular 162-game season. I don't know, man. Speculating, I think those are two guys. If not Plezak, for sure, I think Clevenger's on the move. I think if the Indians get a good offer for him, a team that with you know that's got their foot on the gas that wants to you know maybe with a good record, will be like you know what, this is our best chance of winning. I feel like that'd be one. Yeah, and it depends on who's got the depth and who in this short season. I think it's up to anybody that's gonna be in that circle. I mean, shit, how many teams are making the playoffs this year? Sixteen. Sixteen. 65% A move like that for Clevenger can take a team that is maybe a wild card or a second place guy, can put you in. So, yeah, I mean, put you in high into the playoffs. So yeah. who's to say, you know, sometimes getting a dude is better just as a kind of like a defensive move. Like right. if, I got, if I got him, you don't got him. <laughs> no, I don't got to worry about him. Absolutely. The 60 game season was announced. One thing we touched on was how much are these teams willing to give up for a short term rental? It, it depends. You know, like, you know, my example, I've put this out there. Like, let's just say, for example, the Dodgers were to do it. I'm, I'm only strictly saying this is a Dodger fan. Cause I know my system. If you gave up Gavin Lux, which they already wanted, they wanted the Indians already wanted Gavin Lux. So we know that. Imagine you throw in, and I don't want it, but, you know, at this point, who knows? Uh, we talked about Goslin. You know, if they offered up Goslin and Lux, who would say no? I mean, would the Indians say no to that for a guy who already has a very strained relationship in the organization? Clearly his teammates aren't happy with him. Clearly they've been vocal about, you know, no, we're done with this guy. And, you know, and it's weird, right? Like, how do you go back to that, right? Like, look at the Lindor comment, straight up. I will opt out if Clevenger and Plezak come back. How do you come back from that? I don't think you do. So I think right now it's up to the Indians and their GM to be like, you know what? We got to get the best haul possible for this guy because his ceiling is pretty high. His ta the talent's obviously there. And there are going to be teams that want to make a run at this. Now, I don't know. I guess I got to bring up maybe like the Reds who aren't necessarily in it. And I, once again, I don't really know their system. I feel like they might want to get a pitcher back for a pitcher. So that's why I bring up like my team, you know, the Dodgers, because there's depth there. there there's a couple of guys they can pick from, you know, as far as like getting an infielder and maybe a pitcher back. I, I honestly feel like the Indians were going to make a trade for Clevenger. They would want a pitcher back. They don't want, like, an infielder. They want an arm. Um, I don't like, – as far as, like, the broad spectrum of, like, everybody, I don't know who that is. But I feel like that's one right there where I think – I think Clevenger's gone, personally. Other trades, I think Ricky brought up J.D. Martinez. I think that's a very interesting one, too. I can't wait to see this, man. I really, really can't wait. And I think we're going to – I think there'll be some jaw-dropping stuff. Lindor's been on kind of like the block too, so it could be him that moves. You get him. You get him for one year. You yeah. get him for one year. He's a free agent next year. Could, you know, 
once again, bringing up the Dodgers, could they bust the Mookie Betts and extend him? Probably not right now just because of the way Seager's playing. Seager's, Seager's playing great. We don't need a shortstop, you know? Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be weird, but I, I really feel like Clevenger's on the move. I do not expect him to be a, an Indian before the end of the year. I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you're going to see a lot of exciting stuff. I don't you're, think, ab- you're absolutely right, Zach. I, I, I got to say teams, it's wishful thinking. I don't think teams are willing to pay a shit ton for 30 games. Like, why would you give well, up? Well, Clevenger, like, you get him be, for this year and next year. You get him this year. The Indians and next year. would be stupid to trade Clevenger. Even if you, uh, the relationship. Uh, uh, not if you get a Gosselin and a, and a Lux in a deal. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, like, you're talking about a guy that's on most teams a one or a two. One. So, like, Gavin Lux isn't good. starting for you guys. So you're willing to trade him. Right. And, the, and you're saying, like, I understand, I understand the train of logic where it's like, the relationship's fractured and they think like this guy's not going to be embraced, but he's still so fucking talented and he's still pretty young. And I just think like they would be making a, I, I it could happen. I just, I think they'd be making a massive mistake. You see these moves though. I think you've seen it with the Red Sox in the past, getting rid of dudes that, you know, were still good and you thought it was crazy. And, and, and actually the Dodgers taken on more than they should have. That's what I'm saying. I, and again, you know, like, it's just, I mean, I guess, you know, some of these players you're going to have for longer, but you're hoping to make that 30-game run, and I just don't know if that is enough. Like, it's going to be... I get it. It's going to be a tough sell to a fan base. Like, what are you telling Cleveland, Ohio, if you trade your best... Not, I mean, Shane I think Beaver, they've already... Shane has been great, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're cool with it, but... I think Lindor's already made that move. Like, either, you know, it's him or, or them. And, and, Zach, dude, they optioned Clevenger, dude. He's not an Indian right now. He's not he's, even on he's, the team. He's, he's an Indian, bro. He no, can get, I get it. He like, get brought part, back tomorrow. <laughs> in the organization. You're, but, no, well, like, dude, read it. I'm trying Lindor's, to find it, and I can't find it. So, that's why yeah, I'm, like, combating Lindor. your argument right now. I did say <laughs> – I did read that it was optioned from Cleveland, so unless it was missed. He's still he's still an Indian. Like he's he's still the Indians player or property or however you want to fucking say it. Like so, so so now yeah. I'm gonna directly quote and this was from MLB trade rumors. Indians made a statement over the weekend when they optioned right handers Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak to their alternate training site in the wake of the Paris violation of MLB COVID-19 protocol. Buster Only and Jeff Passan of ESPN shed further light on the details leading up to the decision to option the two right-handers. Only reports that multiple teammates considered opting out of the season if Clevenger and Plezak immediately joined the club. Passan further reports that veteran lefty Oliver Perez was one of those players, and he adds that Francisco Lindor was outspoken as well. There's no indication Lindor threatened to opt out. So I was wrong on that. Plezak took to Instagram last week to lament that the media had overstated his violation of the league's protocols, but his six-minute rant only further angered teammates, according to both Only and Passat. Did you watch that video? Of what? Zach Plezak. No, I didn't. He had an IGTV. He did go on a little bit of a rant while he was driving without his seatbelt on <laughs> and so everyone everyone got a little worked up about that so i watched i watched that inner monologue where he recorded himself and posted it on ig on instagram it's really tough because i'm a human being and as a human being i sit there and i go would i would i 
probably be able to resist temptation to be cooped up for three months, four months straight and not go see your friends, not go see your family, even if it's something super innocent, whatever. Right. It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty hard. You want to believe that these guys hold themselves to a higher standard and that's that they get paid to do that. And that's the main, that's the main uh, deal there. Right. But you know, I'm only speaking, I'm only speaking for myself. Like, you know, in my job, we have a small crew. It's literally like five to six people. I'll never forget at the beginning of the pandemic, we all looked at each other and that was talked about Zach. Like, you know, we said, Hey, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to put on the mask. I'm going to, and my point is we all kind of made that promise to each other, you know, that we wouldn't compromise one another, that we wouldn't, you don't have to worry about coming to work because we all promised one another that we're going to do everything we can to keep ourselves safe and keep everybody safe. I think that's why some of the Indians players feel betrayed because I don't know if they had that conversation, like how I had with my coworkers, but you could assume that's one of the unspoken things that look guys, we're all in this together and only two players kind of diverted from that. And it was, Clevenger and Plezak. Of course, they feel a little betrayed, right? Because they're all here working, doing what they got to do, playing the game that they love. And then these two guys kind of said, fuck it. They were like, you know what? Fuck it. We want to go out and have fun. We want to go out and do something. That being said, Ralphie, are you willing to give up a hall of talent for a guy who, quite frankly, doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and possibly jeopardize the well-being of your team? If a hall is Lux and Goslin? you know, if that's what you consider a haul, I, I would say, yeah, okay? Because, here, and here's where I'm at with it, if they didn't give a shit about being Indians, they might give a shit about being, let's just say, Dodgers. In that's, a, that's, a thing, that's the thing, though. Like, not everybody wants to play in L.A., though. Or maybe not everybody wants to play in well, San Diego. Well, the only thing I can uh, reference to that, Ricky, and you're absolutely right, was that how many times did the Red Sox offer Mookie Betts a contract? I think it was like two or three years no, in a row. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then he comes over here, boom. We can't assume that every player wants to right. play in L.A. Well, right. well, Rendon, Rendon didn't, and he went to L.A. and he shit. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he went, right. he went the Dodgers didn't even offer him a contract because they knew he was so dead set on not playing here. So Freeman has a good idea of, you know, maybe who doesn't and who I've seen this, you know, um, another reason I would say Mike Clevenger could probably come to the Dodgers is that uh, Trevor Bauer has been vocal about wanting to play for LA. He wants to be a Dodger. He wants the Dodgers to sign him in free agency. And then you'd have your friend, because we all know how buddy, buddy Clevenger and Bauer are. They, they love each other. So now imagine like. Where did, where, did, where did you hear that Trevor Bauer wants to play in LA? I don't know where that is from but I, I know i've heard that too yeah I, I i'll, look, I'll, I'll that look it up no i'm sorry that that's that's lakers mentality that's that's no. lakers fans no. saying oh dame Lillard wants to play for the Lakers." Well, look Ricky, if you're saying like i dream that and fucking trevor bauer wants to be a dodger like you know i didn't do that so it, it, i can't remember where i'll find it but ultimately uh from what i remember trevor bauer wants to be a dodger and he wants to sign here after he's done with the Reds. So uh, uh, my point is, and I got to show it to you, but now imagine we bring over Clevenger, you know, and he's already, because you get Clevenger this year and next year. That's another reason why Trevor Bauer would come because then he's with his homie. Bauer and Clevenger again wearing Dodger blue. So well, if, that get, was, if that was true, Manny Machado would have signed with the White Sox to be with his homie Yonder Alonso, but guess what happened? Whoop! 
He comes to San Diego, and now he's younger. Are considered well, well, the White Sox didn't offer him three hundred million dollars either, Zach. Come on, the the White Sox did not offer him three hundred million. It's like, Manny, bro, you Manny banged Machado, my sister. Manny yeah, yeah, Machado like, yeah. and then, signed with the Padres because of a lot of money. That's why he's a Padre. Because he straight up said, whoever gives me $300 million is where I'm signing. And the Padres gave him $300 million, And that's where he signed. Awesome. I, I, I also heard the White Sox offer was like a lot of deferred money, which yeah, it was. A lot of players, a lot of players aren't into as as much. You know, some guys. It's actually probably the smartest business decision you can make because right. you're just going to prolong your earning power, spread out. You know, all the money you're going to earn throughout your. From career. what I remember, the White Sox didn't offer anything past two sixty. They offered them two hundred and sixty yeah. million dollars. With and deferred money all with over deferred the place. money, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know how, how oh, okay. So I, I'm deferred. I'm doing some cross reference right now. So most of the unbiased reports say that Trevor Bauer is he's going to sign one year contracts, which is bad news for anybody, any team that that wants to sign on a long term contract, right? The only the only website I've found so far that happens to say, yeah, he wants to sign with the Dodgers wants to play in LA someday happens to be a Dodgers website. I was like the LA times or what? No, it says uh, Reds Trevor Bauer looking forward to playing for hometown Dodgers one day. And yes, it's Dodgers. It's Dodgersway.com. That, that is the only website I've found so far that says he wants to play in LA. So sounds legit to me. Well, he's a hometown guy. Why wouldn't you want to play for your hometown team? If I'm living in Kentucky, do I want to play in Kentucky for the rest of my life? Well, I mean, it all depends what team plays in Kentucky. Yeah. Give me a <laughs> but if the Dodgers play in LA and you have an opportunity to be a Dodger, I think you'd probably... Not every player wants to play for the Lakers. Not every player wants to play for the Dodgers. Right. Okay. But Trevor Bauer does. You know, he, he, he does. There's I know, no. I know. Me personally, I would be one of those guys. I don't want to play for the Yankees because I have beautiful facial hair, and I don't want to give that up. So fuck them. Right. It is, it is yeah. nice. It's like look, you know, I, I got to bring up Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado was very vocal about how much he loves LA. He's a LA guy, and the only reason he took the money in Colorado because he straight up said on Petros and money that he couldn't. He just couldn't turn it down. He just said, "How do you? How do you say no to that much money?" But Every time he's an LA kid, man, he absolutely loves it here. He loves his home, and the only reason Nolan Arenado is still a Rocky is because he was a Rocky, and they uh, they offered him that extension in free agency. And a lot of people have speculated that you know he'll walk in his opt out year and sign with the Dodgers because Turner's gone next year. Anything's well, possible. he's he's not coming to LA. <laughs> Sit right there. Yeah, well, and Tatis Hold is on. The, with San Diego. So <laughs> the, only, the only way we can know, the only way we can know for sure is for Val to work her magic, DM Trevor Bauer, get him on the Los Chingones podcast, and ask him ourselves. Yeah. Val, if you're listening. I agree. I agree. Let's do it. I agree with that. That's tampering, bro. Uh, okay, right. okay, I got it. And and who wore Joe Kelly cleats yesterday? Who 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 was that? Was that Trevor Bauer, Trevor, guys? Trevor Bauer, yeah. Was that Trevor Bauer? He had a yeah. He's a, he's a man of the people. Yeah, he's that's a man not, of the that's, people. That's not it. him supporting the Dodgers. That's him supporting a player. Uh, who's the Dodger? <laughs> yeah. It just so happened that he plays for the Dodgers. Right, but 
at the same time, I don't know how many other guys put another opposing team on he their cleats. He, didn't, uh, he wasn't wearing the A's cleats. You know, I'll never forget one of my favorite interviews. It happened on Intentional Talk with uh, Chris Rose and Kevin Millar. Uh, this was when Giancarlo Stanton was a Marlin. And Kevin Millar straight up asked him, you know, you're an L.A. guy. You know, he grew up in Sunland, California. We, everybody from L.A. knows where that is. Uh, and, you know, if you want, it's Burbank, just north of Burbank, <laughs> you know. But I'll never forget, Kevin Millar asked him, growing up, who was your team? And John Carlo was like, Dodgers, all day. Look, Dodgers, and, and I, I, another person I can bring up was uh, the Weaver, Jared Weaver for the Angels. Yeah. That's one of the reasons Angel fans didn't really like Jared Weaver, because he was so vocal about growing up a Dodger fan. And he would say it. You know, look, dude, you have to be born here and raised here to know what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to try and sell anybody on it. You know what I mean? All I know is that if you have an opportunity, if you were born and raised in Los Angeles and you're a baseball player and you have an opportunity to play for the Dodgers, they're going to do it. And Tommy Lasorda always said, the best Dodgers are the guys who play for the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. And honestly, I think Trevor Bauer is one of those guys. Look how passionate he is about baseball. Look how passionate he is about everything he does. And if he has an opportunity to play here, and, you know, I, and look, dude, this is Andrew Freeman, all right? Like, he doesn't really go after top free agents. And, you know, the Mookie thing was an anomaly, and I'm glad he did it. It's been working out really well. And Ricky, I'm not saying he's going to be a Dodger. But, you know, don't fight the funk, bro. Like, don't say, like, oh, no, there's no way. And I'm not saying it's, it's absolute. I'm not saying it's 100%. But once again, a lot of people that were born and raised here, we're a different breed, man. And I can't, I can't explain this to anybody unless you were born and raised in Los Angeles and grew up in that stadium. See, I have a counter argument. So Mike Trout is from the East Coast. He's from Philadelphia. And he's a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And one of the biggest, well, I guess it would be misconceptions or misunderstandings for the longest time was, well, when he finally hits free agency, he's going to sign with the Phillies. He signed the largest nope. contract in sports history at the time. Thank you, Pat Mahomes, for effing that up. Um, no, Pat Mahomes is great. Um, he signed the richest contract ever to play for the front of the jersey in the Orange County, Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim. That goes back to the Nolan thing, dude. Sometimes you just don't – you can't turn down that money. Who's going to leave $50 million on the table? I, I hear it. But the, the, the thing is, well, though, is that the Phillies would have the Phillies would have given that money, though. They would have given them probably as much. I, yeah. you know, they're, I, a, rich, I, they're I, a rich franchise, bro. They're, they're right. The Phillies, Phillies have money. Exactly. No doubt about it. You're absolutely right. But if you want to talk about front of the jersey or any of that stuff, look, dude, Mike Trout got paid a lot of money, and he was okay on being on a really bad team. Okay? So – that just tells me, look, dude, he could have been a Yankee. He could have been anything he wanted. Mike Trout could have been on any team that he wanted to be, okay? But he picked the Angels because Artie Moreno gave him the big one. Once again, at the time, it was what? The biggest contract ever given to a player, right? So, of course, yeah. how do you say no to that? You don't. And, but and that's, I think, that's, the, that's like the point of the conversation is that it's not – all about where you grow up. It's not that doesn't have Unless everything to do with uh, anything. The Dodgers. You think Eric Hosmer was gonna play for the, the Royals his whole life? Exactly. No, exactly. no, no. But but I think that's kind of misconstrued in the fact that look, he's many like, many Machado God. loves Florida. Okay. He chose to sign in San Diego for the rest of his because life. Because of San money. Like Florida. Because of money. Because <laughs> of money. And like that's where I think you guys are missing my point. Trevor Bauer, nobody's going to offer him $200 million. No, that's not going to happen, you know? But 
he's the type of guy that, you know, in my right, opinion. Right, right. But the, the, opinion. the argument you're making, though, is he's going to sign in L.A. Because, because he wants to play in L.A. No. At the end of the day, we're seeing all these players are signing because of money. I, I get maybe, that, but maybe, he's not going to get offered that kind of money. He's not. Maybe, at that point, maybe Mookie finally signed. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know why Mookie signed in L.A.? Cash money. money. Yeah, money. Exactly. But Trevor <laughs> Bauer isn't Dodgers, that guy. He's not, he, he's not Garrett Cole. He's not fucking Garrett Cole. Sox offered Mookie the same amount of money as the Dodgers. Do you think he'd be a Red Sox? No. Uh, no. No. Okay. Yeah. So there it goes. It nips that in the butt. But they butt. didn't. Like, that's that's the that's the point. They didn't though. They didn't offer him three fifty. They came at they him didn't, with two hundred. They offered him three hundred. Some bullshit offer. But he always thought he was going to get my trial money. He knew his worth. Probably had a certain number in mind per year, and it was like, if you don't get there, I'm not interested. There's something sexy about certain teams, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, here Absolutely. We go. Yeah, and and I'm sorry that you you know up until this year the Padres are starting to flirt with it, but if you understand it, you understand it. Hey, yeah. we're like we're like the new side check, okay? Yeah, but <laughs> over, cool. over here, which has kind of been around, and you M- don't know Mookie, if you kind of want to mess with it. Yeah, M- Mookie playing in LA. Oh yeah, I'm gonna play with the current NL MVP. I'm gonna play with the team that made it to the World Series two years in a row and made it to the has been and has been winning their division what six years seven years in a row now you know so like it not just was it money you know like how you guys say I think <laughs> Manny Machado just signed for money and also Manny Machado is comfortable on playing on bad teams he yeah, did sign he, for money yeah he he was okay with being on the Baltimore Orioles and he never batted an eye like the point is Manny Machado is a different breed of player and look I'm and he's in my opinion, he's thriving in San Diego. Okay. I'm not knocking the guy for it, but you know, to say, you know, he came over here because of, Oh yeah, man, that's where I want to be. Absolutely not. I think Mookie Betts is a different breed. I think he did come over here because this is where he wanted to play because he'd be on a good team because he would be on a team that wins because he's on a team that wins the division every year because he's playing with the current NL MVP. That's more. And and, you know, look, who thinks Mookie Betts didn't deserve that contract? Who? Oh, he, he deserves every freaking penny of it. Nobody's knocking. Nobody's knocking that. Not only does he deserve it, he's one of the first dudes I've seen get a big contract that is actually playing up to the potential of what you're. I I I absolutely I absolutely love Mookie. Has Manny played to the potential of the three hundred million dollar contract? You know what? Last year. Yes or no? Okay. Yes or no? (laughs) I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say say yes. You know why? Because you're a Potter. We're not. We're not used to that in San Diego. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm a Potter fan. It is what yeah. it is. Right. But, yeah, last year, he did what he was expected to do. He produced. Yeah, the guy's not, the guy's not batting 350. The guy still hit, you know, what, 275, 280. Put up, you know, put a, he put up plus 25 30, home runs. 32 home runs. 32 80 home RBIs, runs. 80 runs. That sounds like you know? what, the, what the hell more do you want <laughs> for a team under 70 wins? The guy is producing. The guy is contributing. And now, this season, in a team that's being carried by guys like Eric Hosmer, Fernando Tatis, Jake Cronenworth, this guy's... Hosmer's getting you know, paid, too, though. Hosmer's getting yeah. paid mad money. All right? And guess mad what? Money. They're all pulling their weight, and Manny Machado came through big last night. But, but your saying. best players aren't, aren't making that money. Right. Your best I, players I, aren't making that I, money. I, I understand Mookie that. Mookie Betts is one of the Dodgers' best players, and he's making that money. I, you I, what I'm saying? 
I understand that. Did, yeah. He did come through last night in a moment but, that mattered most, that was most critical for us. There's a couple takeaways that I want to throw out here. First of all, today's player is much more transient than before. So right. just assuming like Chipper Jones, Tony Gwynn, Mariano Rivera, those guys just don't, it just doesn't happen anymore. No one fucking lasts the whole, their whole career with one team. Absolutely no right? way. Most guys end up somewhere else. Now, of course, there is the occasional Mike Trout who is a once-in-a-generational player, and if you are the team that lets him go, that's your bad. You fucked up pretty bad. Don't forget about Derek Jeter. What I will say to this is he is on a more exciting team than Bryce Harper and the Phillies. 100%. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Absolutely not. And, And think about that contract. Like, Look what Manny Machado's doing, getting paid $300 million on a competitive team, doing very well, on, and even with a team with a brighter future than the Phillies, right? Like, way he, he's, he's getting paid a lot. And yeah. I will admit, I've had my frustrations. The, guy, the guy is a double-play machine. And you know what? Like, I've learned to set aside my bias, and I can criticize a player. I'm not going to say Manny Machado's the best player ever. I'm not going to say Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best player ever. He is. He's pretty good. He's pretty they're, great. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> both, they're both great players. He's I. They're both great <laughs> players, right? Yeah. I'm, like, like, but like I said, I'm not going to say, oh, my God, Manny Machado, he's, he's better than Mookie Betts. No doubt, Mookie Betts is a phenomenal player. He is fucking amazing, yeah. right? Mookie yeah. Betts. I and, think he's and, the closest and, thing to Mike so, Trout. I'm going to circle back here. You're talking about angels in the outfield again? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going that far back. So here's the other thing is you have to sit here and understand the finances of baseball and understand that as we continue on here, you're just going to see more and more bigger contracts, okay? Yes. The numbers are continuously going to keep getting bigger. Amen. Traditionally, not even traditionally. This is recent. Most of these players – that sign these mega deals, they never live up to the deal. Yes. They never live up to the amount of money that they got paid overall. Miguel Cabrera and Pujols are one of those rare examples that, yeah, they're playing off their contracts. Right. Well, yeah. So so here's the problem, though. But they're not that great anymore. Now, now they're not. They're not. Now they're yeah. not playing. Miguel and, Cabrera and really, is hitting 179 as of I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but – doesn't that seem also to be the trend? Like the team that offers the most money that lets you play till you're 40, that's the team these guys are going to pick. Uh, and, of course. You know, going back to Manny, going back to Mookie and Bryce and Pujols and like, and Mike Trout, right? Like, dude, every megastar does it for not so much the money, but also the years. And a lot of people have said that the long contracts don't work. But that's the only way you're going to sign these guys if you guarantee them the years. Because for whatever reason they think they have, they're going to be the same at, you know, 28 as they are at 38, which is not going to happen, right? It's just, we all know this. That's not going to happen. But if that's what it takes to lock down the best guys that they're going to give you their prime for the next, like, as of, like, right now, five to, you know, six years, you do it. And it's a trip to me. Trust me, to me, it's an absolute trip how teams agree to this, but it seems to me like in the last couple of years, that's the only way you're going to sign these guys. That if not only you give them the monster money, 
you have to, for whatever reason, all these guys want to play till they're 40. And that's fine. I mean, it's what it is, you know? But I think we all see it. when We, we talk about Albert Pujols, right? Like, look, the guy can still hit. I don't think anybody questions that at all. Is he Albert Pujols five years ago? No. But absolutely not. But um, that's the only way the Angels signed him because the Cardinals were not like going to be like, okay, yeah, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll take a chance on you and maybe you might be this great at 35, at 36, at 37, right? But the Angels did. So why did he sign with them? Not just because of the money. It was because they gave him all those years, straight up. And I and look, is that a bad thing? I think it sucks, you know, because you don't want to be giving a guy maybe lower production, not doing as well, 20 to $30 million at age 35, 36, and 37, right? I don't think anybody wants that. But if any one of those guys can give you more than two to three World Series, was it worth it? Yeah, but that's the whole point is a lot of these contracts don't end up equaling World right. Series. And Ricky was starting to go somewhere with the Miguel Cabrera uh, conversation earlier. And I'm going to give you a money ball quote since I guess we're going to quote every baseball movie there ever was tonight. Shitty one. So he, he talk, yeah, right. No, <laughs> I, I love money ball. Brad Pitt is talking to the guy that plays David Justice in the movie. He's like, I'm not playing you, paying you to be the player you were three years ago. I'm paying you for the player you are now. Right. The Yankees right. are paying half of your salary. Unfortunately, a lot of these teams get locked into some of these deals. The Detroit Tigers are paying Miguel Cabrera to be the player he was on the Marlins, and he's right. not that player anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the, yeah. in the first five or six years, the Tigers were super successful. They were extremely competitive, and he was great. He is not that player anymore because he was one of the best of our generation. Like we saw one of that. He was one of the best players. That's like, you know, relative to our, you know, fandom and our age range. And I will say this to me, the worst contract right now that's been given out. Well, shit, that's a little loose, but at least Mike Trout is still putting up individual numbers, right? Like he's great. Right. But obviously the team isn't producing. They're not doing well. I think, Bryce Harper's contract is the worst because not only is the team isn't producing, he's not producing as much as they want him to. So individually, he doesn't even have that individual success. Look, I bring up Manny Machado because look, I still love Manny Machado. I think he's a great player. But right now, as of the last couple of weeks, he's dude, hitting grand slams, uh, walk-offs. And look, I've, al- I've always thought as Manny Machado, the, the worth there as much as I like his bat, dude, it's his defense. That guy is one of the greatest defensive players I've ever seen in my life, and I still see it now. You get more with just, like, I think, you know, it's like 150 defense, 150 offense. But you might get the offense. But you know what you're going to get? The defense. You have a guy playing third that that ball's not going to pass. He can get a guy out at first, even the fastest guys out there. So I just wanted to reiterate this. I, I don't think those big contracts are necessarily that bad, depending on how you're performing. Manny's earning it. I don't think Bryce is. So it, as of right now, I think Bryce is like the worst deal because at least Trout's putting up individual numbers. I'm going to defend Bryce Harper because I am his softball doppelganger. So what about his stats do you not like this year? Is it his 350 average or maybe his 22 hits and 63 at-bats? Five home runs in 19 games, four stolen bases. His on-base percentage is 
if we round up 500. His OPS is over 1,000. His OPS plus is over 200. I'd probably say the home run number. The home run number. Absolutely. He's played yeah. less games. He's well, only played think, 19 games. Well, well, how many home runs does Tatis have? 12. They're in last place right now. That's the disappointing part. That's you need to do better with that that roster, but it's not it's not necessarily him. He's not necessarily the problem. Their pitching is part of the problem. It's, it's the uh, biggest part of the problem. You're probably right. He seems like he's doing great, but there is, and I, I I I'm just talking shit now. I'm like, well, maybe they're just garbage home runs and hits at the end of the game, <laughs> but probably not. I, it seems it seems like they're not. And I'm honestly maybe, maybe full, they're <laughs> full transparency. I'm a Bryce Harper no, fan boy. Like right. I, like, I think like he's you awesome. Said, why? Because you you said you look like him in softball, and I think that's it's why not, you get a soft spot. It's not just that's that. What though. you said. It's that, it's that he is. <laughs> Two weeks older than me, and he is going to earn eight hundred million times more than me in his career. And I'm just like, why couldn't I have just figured out baseball and been great? But it wasn't meant to be, and that's how it goes. See, well, move on. those feelings out right now, you know. Yeah. Well, well, guess what? Like, he's tra- he's still trying to figure it out too, dog. And he, yeah. <laughs> he just Dude, had a better agent. <laughs> bro, he's. He's uh, sorely misunderstood, and that's how I feel about Machado too. I feel like Manny Machado is sorely misunderstood. He made some, he but made some comments. But his team's succeeding. His team is succeeding, and I, like I said, Manny's a different animal because he's defensively he is amazing. He's amazing. Right. And but he also plays a position where he's more involved. Bryce Harper right. is a pretty good outfielder. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Hey, Seuss, anything you want to add for your final thoughts? Final thoughts are. Um, Great freaking episode from what I heard. Um, can't wait, obviously, to see how the season ends. Hopefully, the Dodgers make it back to the World Series because I've been dying. From what I heard earlier, Tatis, keep playing your game. Bauer comes to the Dodgers, and yeah, that's about it for me. I'm going to say, uh, okay, my final thoughts. Field of Dreams, the original Bad News Bears, Sandlot, and A League of Their Own, best baseball movies of all time. Wow, I'd like to, I want my final thought to be that. Um, my favorite baseball movie of all time, A League of Their Own. My top, yeah, top. Yeah, I love it yeah. so much. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis. I watch that every time. Like, if I catch it, like, in the middle, I'm watching the rest of the movie, you know? And, you know, I love the sound lot, but, yeah, dude, A League of Their Own is number one for me. Uh, my final thought, I'm really excited about how baseball is going. I really feel like the 60-game season is very exciting. I think it's giving us exactly what we want. Look at us over here, like being very, you know, cheated, man. You know, that's, that's the best part. And my favorite part of baseball is being able to talk baseball with my friends. And everybody that's listening, I hope you feel this passion and you hear it. You know, I really thought the 60-game season would give us what we wanted. And so far, it has. And I cannot wait to see these trades. I think we're going to see some surprising stuff, personally, I think. And if it doesn't happen, it is what it is but I really feel like we're going to see some jaw-dropping trades before the end of August. My final thoughts is I'm surprised nobody said Bull Durham, unless I missed that part. That's pretty good, though. But anyways, uh, League of Adorn, yes, one of my favorite movies because there is no crime in baseball, Rangers. Also, whatever happened to Let the Kids Play? Was that just like the 10-second thing and out the window? Anyways, Let the Kids Play. No meatballs on the pipe, no crime in baseball, correct? Cool, all right. Y'all are still messing up because I didn't hear anyone mention Major League, which is one of my favorite baseball movies. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's one of the best. But yeah, um, yeah. Zach signing off here and uh, 
Yeah, I think um, we're going to see a very, very uh, riveting last four or five weeks of baseball. I think it's going to be must-see TV, which I think is super exciting. Uh, normally this time of year, I'm still kind of like, even today, I did a, fan, a fantasy football draft today, and normally my mind starts to gear towards that, but I'm still focusing on baseball, but my focus is kind of split, and right now it's like, 80 20 or 90 10 like i'm still all baseball right now for the most part i'm super excited for uh my padres and i think this conversation was uh a lot of fun and i think that yeah just talking baseball with the boys what could be better man this is a great part of my week i look forward to these conversations and the fact that we get to share it is just icing on the cake so cheers i'll see you guys next week Ricky, one more final thought for me. I'm sorry. I was. I want to say my favorite baseball movie is The Sandlot. I've watched it ever since I was a little kid. Love that movie. Also with fantasy baseball, Zach, me and you, we're right in it. The rest of the, rest of the guys catch up. And uh, final, final thought is TDHBD. Dodgers won today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I love those Trevor Bauer cleats, though, by the way. This is Ricardo here sending my final thought. I'm going to stand by my opinion earlier. Angels in the Outfield is still my favorite movie. <laughs> I stand by it. Look, there's a lot of baseball movies out there. Look, The Sandlot, yes, it's great. It's a great coming-of-age movie. The thing is, though, is that everybody's trying to capitalize on it. Everybody loves it. I, I get it. I respect it. But at the end of the day, Angels in the Outfield is my favorite <laughs> baseball movie. And um, I just want to say, like, I always try to put my bias aside during the podcast. As a Padres fan, it's it's a great time to be a fan. There's this saying, uh, we're coming for that ass, and uh, we came for that ass uh, four nights in a row against the Rangers, and it was <laughs> it was fun. You know, usually uh, I, I'm used to being butt end of a joke as a fan, you know, getting shit from my friends and, you know, coworkers, family, whatever. You know, yeah, Padres suck, this, that. For uh, being on the wrong side of a record-setting night, and uh, it's weird, man. It's honestly weird. We're on the right side of history for one freaking time. The Padres made history for all the right reasons. So uh, that's all I got to say. It's a fun time, and this is fun. I'm just gonna keep my enthusiasm up, and uh, we're coming for that ass. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. I know it got a little heated, but it was a fun one. Ralphie, hear my voice still. And uh, we'll see you all next week. I love you, Ricky. I love you, Ralphie. You're my boy. We'll see you all next week for episode number 19. Crazy. Number 19. You guys be safe. Take care of yourselves. Go baseball. Good night, everybody. The League of Their Own. <laughs>